Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. If you are interested in learning more about any of the stories that we're about to discuss, as always, you can find a written version of the podcast on our blog, which has links to all the articles uh, that I'm about to mention to you. And that's available at blog.lgbthealthlink.org. So for our first topic of the week, trans women of color describe prep-related stigma. A new qualitative study found that Black and Latinx transgender women using PrEP encountered stigma in their community for doing so, including facing the belief that those who used PrEP engaged in high-risk activities or were HIV positive. The latter is uh, especially not true given that PrEP is a preventive medication, so it actually uh, is for folks who are not HIV positive to keep them from contracting the virus. Researchers say that more could be done to help trans women of color navigate the process of disclosing their PrEP usage to be able to do so safely and to build social support. Next up, Latinx LGBT patients lack inclusive care. Research presented at a cancer conference revealed that most LGBT Latinx individuals, 73%, are reluctant to share their LGBT identity with healthcare providers. The research also found that the vast majority of Latinx LGBT folks, 91%, have never received tailored information about their cancer risks. The lead researcher, Maya Serrano, said, Together, this group is a double minority whose increased risk for certain cancers, unfortunately, are not currently being discussed. The results demonstrate the need for welcoming healthcare options and increased provider training about LGBT populations. It seems like there's really a double problem here with LGBT Latinx folks, first of all, not feeling comfortable sharing their LGBT identity, and then second, even when they do, not getting the information that they need specifically for their cancer risks. So training and uh, just creating more welcoming environments seem like the answer to both of those problems. And now something a little different for our next story of the week. Dance Troupe Shakes Up Perceptions AFP reported on the first gay Apsara dance group out of Cambodia, which is seeking to change perceptions about the LGBT community at home and around the world. The group has adopted a style of dance traditionally performed by women in an attempt to show LGBT people in a healthier, positive light that is defined by the community rather than the stereotypes that are often shown in mainstream uh, culture in Cambodia, as well as in many parts of the world. Next up, fathers may be a protective factor. A study found that lesbian, gay, and bisexual individuals who had experienced discrimination but who were emotionally close with their fathers reported lower C-reactive protein, or CRP, levels than those who were not close with their fathers. Lower CRP levels can mean less cardiovascular health risk, meaning that being close to one's father could be a protective factor for cardiovascular health. 
Interestingly, the same relationship was not found with respect to how close one felt to one's mother, although those relationships uh, likely provide other benefits. And similarly, uh, we didn't have any results here specific to non-binary parents, but certainly those relationships likely have other benefits as well. Our next story finds fertility coverage not always inclusive. A study examined how legislation in the states is impacting fertility preservation for transgender individuals. Several states have recently changed their insurance mandates to expand fertility preservation, meaning that they've changed their local law or regulations um, to require insurance to cover more fertility-related services. But it's often unclear if the changes are trans-inclusive, since there's nothing explicitly trans-inclusive in the language. The authors note that trans people already have problems accessing healthcare, and should also be noted that they have some particular concerns when it comes to fertility options. So the authors say that trans people should be explicitly considered and included when states are making changes to increase or otherwise change access to fertility treatment. And in our final story of the week, exploring resilience among gender diverse people. Researchers utilized photos to prompt discussion among gender diverse individuals around the idea of resilience. They found two major themes that emerged from the discussions flexibility, including around coping choices and techniques like meditation, and awareness, including around trauma and health outcomes. It's always interesting to see research on resilience since this is something that's kind of underutilized uh, in the health field. And I think that um, as researchers, it's easy to become uh, focused just on the disparities, just on the negative, on the challenges facing the community. And that's all important too. But it's great to see um, studies like this that actually look at the strengths of the community. And um, what a great idea to be able to use this so that public health interventions are focusing on those strengths um, and not just kind of focused on, you know, the, the weaknesses or the disparities or the problems um, facing LGBT people with respect to their health. Well, that does it for this week's LGBT Wellness Roundup. Kind of a research-heavy week. Not a lot of uh, news stories included because I found so much good uh, research out there in scientific and uh, medical publications. So definitely head on over to our blog if you want to take a look at those articles yourself and read more. As always, that's available at blog.lgbthealthlink.org. Thanks for listening and tune in next week for another edition of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Bye-bye.